All right, everyone, I want to welcome you to an episode of the AdCast. And today I have my favorite attorney. His name is Mr. Barrett Brewer of the Brewer Law Firm. Uh, Terry, if you could give, give Barrett a round of applause for being our favorite attorney around here. All right, so Terry... I'm excited to talk to Barrett today. Uh, Barrett is, he's not one that you guys would see on television, but trust me, this guy is very, very effective at what he does. Um, he is, just to kind of tout his resume just a little bit, he spent his entire career representing clients across South Carolina in jury trials spanning across personal injury, defamation, uh, general business matters, construction, real estate, you kind of name it. He's a board certified attorney. And Barrett's tried cases in the jury throughout the state, and he's tried over 100 cases, probably more than that right now, I'll let him tell you, in state and federal court, as well as practicing in the appellate courts. Barrett, did I get anything wrong here about you? Not one bit. And you and I have known each other for so long that I, you would know better than anyone else. All right. Now, Barrett, for those folks that actually don't know who Barrett Brewer is, uh, take a couple of seconds and kind of tell them who Barrett Brewer is and also the Brewer Law Firm. Will do. Uh, thanks, Eric. It's great to be with you today. Uh, my name is Barrett Brewer. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Eastern North Carolina. Grew up and went to uh, Chapel Hill and Wake Forest for Law School and came down here about 2002 and started practicing with a great firm down here uh, for about 16 or so years where I was a partner. And uh, I met my wife down here. Uh, she works with me now. Her name is Jessica. We have three beautiful girls together and uh, you know, we started the Brewer Law Firm together about four years ago now. I'm entering my fourth year a after leaving the large firm I've been with for about 16 plus years. And uh, it's been wonderful. We, we really carved out a good niche for ourselves here as a trial practice focusing on complex civil litigation, business litigation, defamation and personal injuries. And, you know, what they what the difference is, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, you probably haven't seen me on the TV. The big difference is, is those cases I'm trying are cases where it's they're complicated, it's hard to find the money, and it's big money at stake. The guys that you're seeing on TV are some of my favorite lawyers, right? They're some of your favorite right. lawyers. Yeah, now, yeah. Business model is a little different. Their business model, there's usually a really easy person to identify that needs to be sued, and there's an easy source of money. It's insurance, and it's usually people who are injured working for them or in a car accident. My clients have a harder way to find the money. They're usually professionals, they're business uh, persons in the area, or they're people mm -hmm. with a really unique kind of problem where it isn't clear who you got to sue. And it ain't clear how you're going to get the money. And you need someone who's got uh, splits the difference between the really big law firms in town who will never represent you to sue somebody else for money, right? And mm -hmm. the guys who are doing what we just talked about, who are focused on getting recoveries for injuries from employers and, and car accidents. So that's where the, the range of areas you mentioned come into play for us. And we uh, really have provided a nice little niche that's been needed here in town. And um, that's uh, where most of my business comes from. It's other lawyers needing help with their cases and they refer the work to me or people that I, we've just marketed with and networked in the area. Yeah. So, so I have a kind of a two part question for you, Barry, what made you just say, uh, you know, I want to become a lawyer. And then what made you just start the Brewer Law Firm? Uh, God, that was tough. Um, probably what made me want to become a lawyer is I talk a lot. I had an English major and didn't have another, a better career for it. <laughs> and I really, what really the question you're asking is, how did I get into trying cases? And I, I don't mind telling you, 
when you go into law school, they don't tell you, uh, you know, give you a course on how to figure out what you want to do. And so what I found out is I was really creative and good on my feet. I liked talking and I liked figuring out problems. And so where that led me to was a trial career, right? A career where I got up in front of juries, I tried cases and I win and sometimes lose. And from there, that led me with the bigger firm I was with, gave me the background to handle uh, different kinds of matters, uh, things that fell in the cracks that weren't serviced by the vast majority of lawyers you either see on TV or meet in person. And that becomes, you know, very complicated breach of contract cases. That becomes defamation cases because that's kind of a new deal. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, That involves serious personal injury cases for uh, professionals, people who own businesses, um, and, you know, other kinds of really intricate business disputes, usually involving insurance coverage and trying to find money out of insurance companies. Um, So that background kind of led together to a a real neat practice that I I really enjoy. It's, It's challenging and I'm good at it. And that's the thing I found the most joy in is uh, being good at something my clients really appreciate it uh, over and over. So. Now, you mentioned uh, like in law school, they don't teach you some things. And a lot of things they don't teach you in law school is how to run your own practice. They may teach you how to do the law, but yeah. not to run your own practice. But how, how beneficial was that for you working for uh, another established firm in the, in the kind of hanging your own shingle, per se? How, I mean, how, how was that for you? Well, I was a, a partner in my practice for, gosh, six, seven years. And so because of that, that gave me the experience that a lot of people coming out just don't have, right? Because they go in, open up their own law practice, and you really are trying to pick between the main categories or flavors of things that you know about. Like, do I want to do real estate closings? Do I want to uh, represent people in workers' comp cases or personal injury cases? A- am I mm-hmm. a state I want to set up wills. And, and those are clearly very legitimate areas, but it takes sometimes pra- having a little bit more experience and practicing with a firm with a lot more partners with issues that come up for you to really see the nuanced areas that, that fill in those gaps that aren't those kind of primary categories we just talked about. You know? So, for example, in, in, when you run a trial practice like I do, the the hardest thing for me to do is give someone the two minute elevator pitch for the kinds of Mm. things I cover because the reality is the kinds of things I'm covering are people have weird problems that pop up in their businesses, right? Things they didn't expect and they don't even know how to handle it because even though it's their business. So I have to learn their business, right? I have to learn about this unique issue. And quite frankly, the vast majority of issues that are popping up for me are new issues for the client, for me, and other lawyers. There aren't usually a lot of people covering them. Um, you know, if you talk about uh, interesting litigation cases, you know, this past year, I uh, helped a client sue the state of South Carolina over millions of dollars. The state said my client was uh, owed them because of gaps in the statutory code. And there wasn't a lot of lawyers doing that. In fact, there was no lawyers doing that because there's only one business in the state doing it. My client. My wow. client. <laughs> so we had to figure it out and we had to come up with a new way to approach it. And we won. We won my client millions of dollars back in their pocket this past year. But on the other hand, uh, we talked about the defamation cases and how interesting they are. What's so new and interesting about those cases, and you don't see a lot of lawyers practicing it, 
is social media has changed the entire world. world Absolutely. Right? How do you recover when people tarnish you, your profession, your ability to do your job online? And where does that money come from? Because it's not required. Uh, you drive a car and you hit somebody, you have to have car insurance, right? Yeah. You employ people and they get injured on the job. You got to have workers comp. So where do you get the money from if someone has completely ruined your business or another business has ruined you? Where do you get that money from? And so that becomes the real core of most of our practices. Find taking these unique litigation problems that typically revolve around uh, suing businesses, representing businesses, individuals, serious injury to those people and taking those complex problems where sometimes the insurance coverage isn't clear and figuring out a way to get to the end result that's not tried and true and is not the stuff that you uh, might hear about graduating from law school. So it's a, it's a unique practice and it covers a few areas, but it always boils down to the same thing. I'm, I'm a complex trial attorney, you know, and I go to court all the time. Well, you, I mean, you handle some unique issues. So, so how do you, you always have to sometimes, sometimes you said you have to learn their business, but how do you approach every case, Barrett? I mean, because you come across different situations all the time, but how do you approach every case? Is there a certain mindset? It's like, like, you know, when I played, when I played uh, sports, I had to get my mind ready for it. So how do you get ready for special cases like that? Well, the first thing I do if I'm meeting with a client is I want to make sure that we agree that this is good business, right? I want to make sure it's a good business decision for them and for me, because one way, one or two of two things is going to happen. Either we've reached an arrangement where I think it's such a good case that I'm going to put my money on the line. I'm going to take it as a contingency case. I'm willing yep. to front my money to cover it. So I want to make sure it's a good business decision for both you and me, right? Sometimes right. there's so much risk involved that we can't take it as a pure contingency matter. So we do alternative fee resolution issues where we might do split hourly and contingency, or I might, uh, in the case uh, where we sued the state and my client owed the money, we took a contingency on the difference between what we saved them, right? We take these uh -huh. unique ways to approach it to see if it's a good business decision for you and me. And if it's not a good business decision for me or you, the next question I have for my client is, do you want to spend that kind of money litigating the case, right? Because right. I'm fine saying that the most expensive lesson everyone makes is a principal decision, right? right. I'm going to go get that guy one way or the other. Costs everyone a lot of money. So that's the, the very first thing I do in my mindset is say, this is what we're going to do. It's going to be complicated. It's going to require a lot of time, effort, and lawyering. And I want to make sure both you and I are ready for that battle. And then once we do that, it then takes me uh, sitting with the client, engaging with them, and immersing myself in their business, in the, the law if it applies, uh, and trying to figure out what's the most creative way to help me get from A to B um, financial and, and do it in a financially responsible way for them. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's spending a lot of time on each case is the, is the reality and spending a lot of time learning people's businesses. And I, I actually really think that's my favorite part of what I do. Now, you mentioned like uh, doing a case for the state and you know we can't go into particulars and anything like that. But uh, for the folks that think like that a boutique firm or even a smaller firm or even a newer firm can't get big results, that's a big misconception now. Um, explain that. I mean, have you ever come across where people would say, 
I think my problem's too big for you. And how do you, how do you break that down for them, Barrett? I actually think it's the, the other way around. Um, part, part of the niche that I found is be, having flexibility in how we run our practice and how we approach things. And what you end up finding is, uh, you know, there are also wonderful lawyers at some of the biggest firms in town with some of the, right. the experience. But what you find is sometimes those firms are constrained in the ways that they can help you. And they're constrained right. in who they can go after because they are so big. And they have so many clients with so many different interests that they can't always step on everyone's toes mm. the way a firm my size can. So we're much more nimble, right? I have fewer select clients, which means uh, I've got people that I'm very loyal to and are loyal to me. And I don't have to worry about stepping on the toes of other companies that I'm not doing business with directly. I don't have 20 other partners in other parts of the state or even a hundred other partners in other parts of the country, right? Right. Where I have to worry about who we're suing and whose feathers we're going to ruffle. So the politics of the larger firms, even though they might have the experience I have to do what I I, I could do. It may not be as nimble. They usually don't. And they usually can't because they're going to be constrained on what they do. So they typically defend cases, right? Politically, those bigger firms are safer solely defending cases because no one ever gets mad at them for just defending a client, right? No, no. Look at your plaintiff's law firms, even the ones that, that you've interviewed and that you represent in your own business. Um, some of those firms are much larger, but they're always representing individuals and never representing larger companies. So they also have kind of a siloed business interest. You see what I mean? Where they don't have to yeah. worry about uh, conflicts of interest or who to make a match, right? Because it's always the little guy, the individual versus the establishment, right? The, the company's big business insurance, right? right? And so my my position allows me to, to thread the needle in both worlds. And what that really developed was the ability for me to develop a practice that is a plaintiff's practice that represents a lot of businesses and individuals suing bigger businesses and individuals. And that's really a facet of my practice that's kind of missing in the marketplace and uh, that we kind of plugged in real well. Now talk about threading the needle now. Is it is it harder for you to, because you, like you said, you're not the TV lawyer, but still you're doing big things, but is it harder for people to be able to find you to, to do this? You know what I was thinking about earlier before you called is one of the hardest things for me, because I, I'm actually going to pick on me through you for a second. <laughs> I was looking at one of the things we're going to talk about is you know marketing and social media. And one of the things that my dear friend and mentor, Eric, is always telling me is I've oh, I've man, not too kind. Oh, post my results on social media more and and I have great results and I uh, have great big dollar value of results for my clients but my clients aren't always in the position to allow me to share those details online right correct my correct. clients aren't in a position where they want me to go out and scream the high heavens look at the millions of dollars I make, I make at this check life. yeah and one of the reasons <laughs> for that ends up being because the bigger these cases are, quite frankly, and, and the more sensitive the the litigation issue is, quite frankly, there's things like confidentiality agreements where, yeah. A, we may not be allowed to discuss what the result is other than to speak generically. I got these generic results for this generic client regarding this generic issue and in wow. an unspecified amount of money. <laughs> right, right. 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 Do that. 
And then sometimes the client doesn't want you to talk about it at all because they don't want it made public. So, you know, the, the real issue becomes a lot of my uh, the cultivation of my business comes from other professionals who know what I do, who know what mm -hmm. my skill set is and get the work to me because they know uh, there's not a lot of people filling that spot in the market. And they know the results because professionals talk to each other, right? Lawyers talk to each other. The clients might even tell other friends of theirs in their uh, small world, you know, oh, use Barrett. He did a great job for us. Use Brewer Law Firm right. because they did a great job and people will know what they're talking about. So I have to use, uh, you know, what I've had to relegate myself to for social media is trying to cultivate an, an image of, of knowing what I'm talking about and being competent at my job and being a, you know, a lawyer's lawyer, really. And, and, and to the extent I can publish results. But that's been uh, probably my biggest, uh, my biggest challenge in using social media to my advantage, right? Mm -hmm. Pump your client's results and pump your own image when one of the, the, the things your clients value most about you is the discretion at which you would use. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Uh, they may love the fact that you are very discreet. That's right. So that's kind of uh, one of the, the, the biggest challenges we have with marketing. But, uh, but it's not, uh, you know, I have found that uh, you learn this when you're a young lawyer from your older partners, that the, the best word and advertising out there is word of mouth. Absolutely. So even, even still today. There. That's right. And we start there. I mean, we, we have spent years, uh, you know, making ourselves known in the community, quite frankly, earning it the hard way. Right. right. And mm -hmm. this is a small enough market. Um, you know, I practice statewide, but the vast majority of my work is in the low country, you know, up from Buford up to Myrtle beach and then primarily in the Charleston tri-county area. And then, oftentimes and sometimes up in the Midlands and upstate. But the, uh, the reality for my practice is there aren't enough lawyers doing what I do that people aren't talking about you and the handful of other really good lawyers who have a practice similar to mine. You know? So that's, uh, that's where that, the, the, the world is small. So it's easier for word of mouth to get out because you stand out in a, in a smaller market of, who do we go to for hard problems? Who's a, a uh, accomplished trial attorney, right? And uh, who's got the flexibility in their business model to be able to handle this client's problem, get them a result, and um, do it in the best way possible. So, uh, yeah, that's that's been our that's been the benefit of that. Wow, Barrett. I mean. Great topics. Uh, I want us to go to break right now, and then when we come back, I want to jump into. Uh, defamation and business litigation. Is that okay? All right. This is the AdCast. Hey, I'm Eric. You may wonder exactly what it is. Hey, I'm Eric is, it's me. It's me just giving you the authentic, the real, the 100% me, right? There are teams that I work with, VIP Marketing, which is one of the best marketing agencies in the country. And then there's also Craft Creative, which is also one of the best creative teams in the country. And here I am in the middle. I'm the guy that you want to be able to hire to come and speak at your next event, talk to you or coach your team through whatever you're going through. So the next time you're thinking about how to get through what you're going through, go to heyameric.com. You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. 
All right, this is the AdCast, and I'm back with Mr. Uh, Barrett Brewer of the Brewer Law Firm. We were just talking about just uh, his practice and how complex uh, of some issues that he gets, and he has to unravel them, and and he's uh, that attorney that some attorneys actually come to. So uh, great topics and uh, conversation here. But one thing you brought up earlier in our conversation was defamation, uh, and you talked about how social media has a, can have an impact in, in things now. I mean, it wasn't this way 15 years ago, um, but now, I mean, let's talk about defamation. Do you see defamation cases on the rise? Um, but also, what explain what is a defamation case? Sure. Uh, defamation litigation really arises out of people harming someone's reputation or character by making a false statement of fact and publishing that to the world at large. And I think the thing that's, uh, that's worth pointing out is it's been around forever, right? But the primary way that arose uh, historically was the newspaper or maybe the TV station mm-hmm. said something or published an article about you or your business that was defamatory. And those lawsuits were traditionally very difficult. There weren't a lot of them out there because if it was newsworthy and the newspaper or the TV carried it, you had the First Amendment to protect the uh, news station or the newspaper. And so it wasn't really a, a, a terribly pervasive business model. There were law firms handling it and they predominantly did First Amendment work. Um, what changed out of all that and how my practice kind of came into that is with the advent of social media, anyone can publish anything to the world. You know, everyone's an editor. Right. Back in the day, uh, anyone might say something defamatory about somebody, but it might not have gone beyond your neighborhood, right? Or your church group. And then people wouldn't actually file a lawsuit because you know, you don't want to ruffle the feathers, make it bigger than it is, or you otherwise can smooth it over over with your friends. The problem with social media is, which is part and parcel what I know you are advertising and pushing to your clients through your ad cast, is how effective social media is at spreading across the world. I mean, you think about um, just yesterday, right? The after the inauguration and uh, Bernie Sanders, there's a there's a Bernie <laughs> Sanders meme, the meme, right? Yeah, top as of today's date, which is the twenty second right. January, is everywhere across social media, and that to me is a good example of how quickly something that someone might see as funny spreads to the far reaches of the United States, right? So now there's a world for that litigation to to pop up because. Um, it, it gets to areas where it's not worth smoothing it over. It's not worth going and making sure the the people in your church or the people in your neighborhood know I'm not that terrible thing that you've accused me of. Right. I've no other way of getting that message out but to sue somebody, right? Um, one of the big lawsuits I actually was just uh, downloading the other day to read is uh, the Dominion Voting Systems uh, lawsuit. So if you remember over the past election cycle, there was oh, yeah. uh, attorneys. Right. There were these claims of election pampering and election fraud. And what was really fascinating out of that is most of it's political, you know, without taking sides on it. The company running the voting machines didn't find it that funny because they got brought into it. And they're not politicians. Yeah. The First Amendment has a different effect for this company who no one had ever heard of. That's not running for office. Right. 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 Yeah. We get up and accuse them of you know, tampering with their own equipment to uh, 
to put their thumb on the scale of an election. So they've gone out on a campaign of filing lawsuits now against you know, the various politicians and whomever brought that issue up. And it's wow. to me because that's their only mechanism of restoring their uh, reputation because all of a sudden, if they're not trusted to conduct a safe election, then all of a sudden they're out of business the next day. So a lot of my clients end up being individuals, professionals, businesses, quite frankly, who are suing businesses who have tarnished their reputation. Um, one thing that's not, not been a great business model and probably won't be for some time is an individual calling me up and saying, well, so-and-so said something nasty about me on the uh, internet or on social media. And it's, mm-hmm. it's an acquaintance, a friend of theirs, right? Um, there ain't a lot of justice for that, right? You, there's not a good lawsuit against the guy sitting in their mother's basement halfway across the state who said something nasty to them. However, most of my lawsuits have arisen out of a professional in the area, let's say, who another professional or business has either in, in advertising themselves and trying to promote themselves above their competitors have really tarnished the other guy, right? Or people who just get a bad taste in their mouth and say, you know what, I'm going to make sure the world knows what a terrible person you are, right? And they say something defamatory, which ends up being a false statement of fact. If I call you a jerk, that doesn't count, right? But if I say that, you know, Barrett Brewer is a, you know, a lying attorney who will never do anything for his clients but cheat, steal, and rob from them, right? You're accusing me of a crime and accusing me of something that's part of my ethical uh, profession and part of my requirements in my job. And if it's not true, if I haven't stolen from clients, if I haven't, uh, you know, committed malpractice on one of their cases, then I might have a claim against you, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people feel that's something they need to do because social media can carry it so far. And not to mention that people can also um, snipe people somewhat anonymously, right? They just kind of come out of nowhere and, and mm-hmm. uh, really attack people anonymously. So one of the things we'll do is not only file lawsuits, but help people try to protect their reputations as best they can by trying to uh, pair them up with professionals, sometimes people like you to rehab their, their reputation in the area. And, um, but that spun out of a plaintiff's business practice, right? That kind of came out of the business litigation practice. Right. And um, mostly because those clients needed that service and they needed an aggressive lawyer to figure that area out. And um, it's hard to find that money. Um, last year, we just settled a case where uh, an intellectual, uh, intellectual um excuse me, an IT uh, professional and a lawyer were defamed by somebody online and in social media. And that person did it through their business. And we were able to get that person's business to cover them for $2 million. And uh, uh, that was a a big claim we were able to get resolved this year. But I'll tell you, when it started off, no one thought that that there was money and no one thought we could recover. And uh, so that's the kind of good creative work that we've been doing here uh, you know, over the last four years, man, I, I've said it before and I will say it again, the internet and all that social media stuff, it is instant, constant, and permanent. It is instantly available. Just like you said with the Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, it is, people can constantly go back to it as a reference and it is permanently there forever. You can delete it as much as you want, but it's still there. It's not going anywhere. So instant, constant, and permanent. So when you're putting something online, you remember there's people like Barrett out there and, and he'll come get you, right? 
And one of the things that, you know, you talk about like what, you know, you'll get there eventually if you haven't already, but what, what do I do to promote myself on social media? And one of the mm-hmm. things I try to do is to try to be a voice in social media to remind people that their words matter, right? Like yeah. I would like to promote the responsible side of it and promote the, the, the old comic book concept, right? With great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> you know, when, you have the power to reach a lot of people and you have the power to say things that matter. And I think a lot of people, because of the way they can sit on their couch at home with the TV on and can just spout off the last thing that came across their mind, they do it without thinking about what those consequences are. And what my preference would be that that's uh, a world where I don't get so many calls on it. Right. I think my preference would be that we live in a world where People are a little more cognizant of what they're saying. They're willing to do the research on what they're saying and, and make sure if they want to say something serious and harmful that they understand what they're saying and understand the consequences of others. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, one other topic that I know that you have a lot of experience in is business litigation. And sometimes that's partner to partner. You know, people have been together for a long time. Um, so are, are those pretty complex issues as well for you? They, they, they can be, and sometimes they're simple. You know, uh, everything, business litigation covers a whole wide gamut of everything from contract disputes, uh, partnership and shareholder disputes, uh, real estate development, insurance, bad faith lawsuits, uh, intellectual property, and sometimes just plain old lawsuits by companies against the government. But they, they do cover a wide range, but the bottom and common denominator is, is my business either has lost money is losing money or someone's wronged us. It, it's yeah. not terribly different than a personal injury case that um, any any of the other lawyers you might have had on have talked about, except it's how do we get how do we get the wrong right, right? And where does the money come from is the bottom line to them all. They, they do tend to be, uh, you know, in partnership disputes, Eric, they can be as simple as a divorce, if you will, right? Two people are just done with each other and they've got to litigate it out. But more often, it is someone's accusing uh, another person or company of committing fraud, of violating their fiduciary duties to one another. Mm-hmm. And it, quite frankly, that's the underlying concept for all those lawsuits. Uh, if you have to sue your insurance company because they didn't pay related to some other claim that was made against you, that is the insurance company either defrauding you, hopefully, or uh, or committing and engaging in acts that are... Uh, that are done with a bad intent, you know, and usually when there's real estate development disputes, it's someone gets, uh, goes, uh, the deal goes south, right? And everyone's trying to figure out who's going to be responsible. And there's typically uh, claims that someone has defrauded one another or that the uh, contract was, was breached. And usually there's claims back against each other. So it's not always that simple of, I'm just going to go sue that person. They're typically going to sue you back. And, uh, and wow. so they do get very heated and intense. The vast majority of them work out. Most of the people who are clients in those cases are people who are trying to make a decision about how much is this going to cost me to get from the beginning to the end? And what am I likely to win or lose? And one of the things I try to do along the way is help educate the client as to what the risk is how much is in it and how much you have to lose and just try to provide them as many off ramps as they can to try to get out of it if they can and try to 
resolve it and find a way to move on with life. And so a lot of those cases end up finding a way to re uh, resolve. But you know, that's where those defamation claims came from. They were a form of, of plaintiff's lawsuits that came about because professionals and businesses and individuals needed to find a way to recover against other companies and professionals that were um, ruining them out in the public. And so it's all kind of an interrelated practice to some degree. Wow. Let's, let's give Barrett a round of applause right here. Let's give him a round of applause. Barrett, we're going we're, we're gonna to wrap this up. We're going to take our final break and come back with the lightning round, and then we're going to wrap up the ad cast. You have been a fantastic guest. You heard, you heard that? I think that was a lightning. Let's uh, do it one more time. It's a lightning round there for you, Barrett. All right, we're going to take our final break and come back with a little more Barrett Brewer for you guys, and this is the ad cast. There's so many times that people want to turn conversations and make them consultations. So what did we do? We created the ultimate conversation and consultation platform. It's called the AdCast. It's our newest podcast. You can find us anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And if you are unsure on where to find us, go to veryimportantplacement.com. You're listening to the AdCast, the podcast for marketers and advertisers with your host, Eric Elliott. All right. I am back with my favorite attorney, Mr. Barrett Brewer of the Brewer Law Firm. Uh, just a wealth of information. We talked about defamation. We talked about business litigation. Uh, we even talked about Bernie Sanders, too. I think it's the first time uh, Bernie Sanders has come up in any episode of the AdCast. Um, but now I want us to go in what we call the lightning round right now. And in this lightning round, Barrett, what we're going to do is we're going to ask you about some of these different medias that you and I talked about, and we want to get your opinion on them. There's no right or wrong answer. So I'll ask you about social media. I'll ask you about your thoughts on television, billboard, radio, and, um, and we'll make this really brief, brief and wrap it up for you, Barrett. And the first one I'll give you is radio. Radio. Uh, about advertising on radio? Yep. I've, I've never done it, Eric. Um, I think that, that radio is probably a very effective means of getting people, uh, if you're a lawyer, getting people who are uh, in commutes and if that's your kind of target audience, I think that's probably a, a good way for you to get to those, uh, those persons. And I, I've never spent a moment advertising on the radio. This is my first, uh, my first even approximation to it. So, so. <laughs> All right. Television. Uh, television, man, I think uh, I've heard you say it best. I, television it is amazing how many legal advertisements are on television these days. Um, it is, uh, quite frankly, something that when I started was almost non-existent. And so the lawyers who have figured out that market and how to make that a positive market for themselves, I just applaud. Um, I think it takes a lot of uh, managing of your, uh, of your identity and a lot of management of your brand in the marketplace and then fiercely promoting that. And I just, I think the lawyers who have done that and have promoted their brand that way have been um, just really amazing to watch because they are masters of what they're doing right now. Newspaper. Uh, newspaper. I don't know anyone who even gets the newspaper these days. I think quite frankly, if I had to think about advertising the newspaper, it would be related to my social media presence and my making sure that I had ads going through the apps on newspapers, because I think that most of my clients, that's where they would see me. But I 
would probably never take out a full page page uh, ad in the paper for me these days because I don't think that's who my clients are. Billboard advertising. Uh, same thing I said about the radio. I think that's a commuter's audience, right? I think that by and large, you're trying to get people who are on I-26, for example, or 526 who are on their, their commutes. And if you can identify that those are the people, for instance, if you do car accidents, right? And that's the, the vast majority of what you're doing. Having someone who can see that billboard after they rear-ended somebody at the interchange is probably a, a great place for you. you know? Social media. Uh, I think social media is where most lawyers are trying to, to navigate now and trying to find where their place in the world is. And I think it's because it's flexible, right? It allows you to target different people. It allows you to cultivate yourself however you want, and you can use it a lot of different ways. I can pay for the ads. I can uh, use podcasts. I mean, that's really a form of social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. You put it up on Facebook. And um, I think that the limitless possibilities and the low entrance of uh, cost to social media is really where it's at. And that's, that's, you know, we talked, said some negative things about social media, but let's be fair. There's a lot of positive that comes with it, you know, and that one of the positives of it is the number of people you can reach with good positive messages. Right. Right. That's true. Uh, That is true. And what is your favorite social media of of them all on what you, which do you think is more effective? Uh, I, I would only say just because of my place in life, I see the most people probably on doing advertising effectively on Facebook. I, I know there's advertising on Twitter and on Instagram, but for professionals, you know, like myself in the area, I think I see most of them using Facebook most effectively. But that I will also say that's probably a result of where I am in life because I have three beautiful girls and I'm in the stage of life where everyone's posting pictures of their kids on Facebook. And that's where they're doing that. Doing that. Yeah, they're not doing it. Absolutely. And so I think that's where a lot of my peers are right now. And a lot of where my, my peers are looking and my peers were 21 years old and 22 years old. They probably highly disagree with me. <laughs> so. Barrett, you have been a fantastic guest, man. We want to thank you uh, one more time for just being with us. Thank you again. And I want to thank our listeners as well. And I want to thank you for being a guest, Barrett, once again. If you, um, and what's next for you, Barrett? What's next? What's on the horizon for Barrett Brewer and the Brewer Law Firm? Uh, the horizon for Barrett Brewer and the Brewer Law Firm. Uh, we've just added a new lawyer this year. We're excited about that. Uh, Amanda McKendrick has come to work with us. She's a, been a friend of mine for 20 years and is a wonderful lawyer. Uh, so we are getting her introduced to the world as the, the next great uh, attorney here at this office. And uh, I think that the next issue is trying to trying to figure out the best way to navigate my, we mentioned my defamation practice and uh, the personal injury practice and to navigate how best to utilize social media the way you and I talk to probably help mm-hmm. that message across better and to, to make sure we're getting directly to customers and clients without even having to rely on uh, our referral sources. So uh that's uh, probably our, our next two uh, phases there. That's a good phase. That's a good, that's a good way and a good direction to go. Uh, also want to thank you, Barrett, for being a guest. I want to thank our production and content team, Craft Creative, for being a studio sponsor. If you guys like this podcast or you think that this podcast has been of great use to you or someone else can benefit it, make sure you tell them that we are everywhere. We're on YouTube. We're on Stitcher, iHeart. Uh, Terry, where else are we? We're on 
iHeart, SoundCloud, everywhere. You can just find this anywhere. It's not hard at all. And I want to thank everyone for giving us their most valuable asset, which is their time. This has been the AdCast. Thank you, Barrett. Today's show is sponsored in part by Craft Creative. Change your creative. Change your world with premium video production and graphic design. Get started by visiting WeCraftCreative.com. You don't need a marketing agency. You do deserve very important placement. VIP Marketing and Advertising is a cutting-edge strategic digital, creative, media, and marketing partner that provides services for businesses of all sizes. To stay up to date on the latest marketing news, subscribe for email updates at veryimportantplacement.com. If you feel this podcast has been a help to you or could be a help to others, please don't forget to subscribe. You can listen to our podcast anywhere, iHeart, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And this episode is also going to be available on YouTube. To catch up on past episodes, go to heyimeric.com, or you can always text me at 843-483-1555. Copyright VIP Marketing and Advertising, produced by Craft Creative. For premium video production and graphic design, visit WeCraftCreative.com.